0: Welcome to the Sisterhood of Secrets, where we explore the world of weird. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Sisterhood of Secrets. I'm Stephanie and I'm Taylor. (laughs) Welcome back, guys. We got some new followers apparently. Yeah, Um, we appreciate it. Apparently, we weren't so nervous. Last time that we gained a few people, old yeah. slap poke. Old slap poke, yeah. But um, we're not going to let him steal our joy. No. We're not stealing anybody's joy on this episode. Last episode, people were stealing joy. We're not into it this episode. Okay? Got it? <laughs> Brain it in. <laughs> Why joy? I don't know. It sounded right when it I said sounded, it. It felt wrong. Anyway, so we're just going to get right into it because this might be a really long one. Yes. So if it goes over the hour mark. You have to, conf- you have to continue. You have to finish it. Yeah. And again, guys, we'll say this because we haven't said it in, in a past couple of episodes, but we are still looking for those strange and unusual encounters that you may have had. So if you've ever had one and you want to share it, we can totally do it anonymously. Uh, send us an email. Send us a DM. Whatever. If you've ever almost been kidnapped. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> what? Totally. Stephanie almost got kidnapped the other day at the Walmart. That's that's okay. We we can talk about that. Yeah, that's that's that's, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, I wasn't we're bringing it up. I'm glad because we need to be aware and Stephanie needs a refresher on how to be aware. Okay, so this episode we're talking about killing grounds, but really we're going to talk about the Texas killing fields and we're going to talk about the Gilgo Beach murders. Yes. Sorry, Gilgo just sounds really silly to me. It's in New York, everybody. It's all over the news right now. If you don't watch the news like me. I only saw it because of Snapchat. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about a lot of women who have lost their lives due to like terrible people, terrible men. men, specifically. So I'm in Walmart the other day, right? Just buying my groceries, doing my thing, um on my phone. My list is on my phone, you know. And I see a creepy guy. At first, I'm like, that's eh, whatever, you know, because every guy is creepy. Let's be real. <laughs> Damn, Stephanie. <laughs> well, I just mean like when you're by yourself, you're just like on high alert, right? If I saw Henry Cavill in the Walmart and I was like, yeah, he's creepy. No. No, that's not. You know what I'm talking about. I'd like, shoot my pants. He had a bad vibe, okay? So he, I saw him at the end of one of the aisles when I was shopping and he just looked kind of disheveled and he was like staring at me really hard and I was like "Mm." it's because you're so beautiful yeah that's what it is I was like I don't know this man so I turn the corner and I keep shopping I kind of forget about it honestly because I'm looking for something and then I see him again and I'm like "Mm, okay he doesn't have anybody with him and he's just like walking around he doesn't have a buggy he's just like being strange and then I decide I'm going to just verify some things. So I walk up and down the a different aisle. I don't need anything from here, right? So I'm just like walking aimlessly up the aisles just to see if he'll follow me down that aisle, right? And turns out he does. <laughs> and he follows me around the store like and he starts to really creep me out. And I take my phone out. Also at this point you're probably like a little paranoid. So it makes it a little worse. True. True. It's just like sketchy vibes and there's so many people around too. So I'm like I'm not su- It's just uncomfortable. So I wasn't like scared I was going to get taken, but I was definitely uncomfortable. And I decided that I was going to take a picture of him and maybe make him uncomfortable. But every time I would like turn to face him, he would turn around. Yeah, because he's a creep, Stephanie. Right. And so I finally got a picture of him and I called my husband and I was like, there's this creepy guy. I've sent you a photo of him. If I get abducted, he's got me. And Trev was like, "Uh, I don't have the photo yet or something. And so he finally gets it and he's like, yeah tell that guy to F off and leave you alone. And I'm like, dude, I can't do that in the middle of Walmart. I can't scream F off, man. Because you don't have to scream the F word. You can just be like, can I help you? I don't know. It was just, I was already like on edge. <laughs> and then I, the thought of having to yell at him and him like, look, like, what if he confronted me? What are you, what do you think he's going to do? Fight you in the middle of Walmart? Maybe people are crazy. Stephanie, I don't understand why you don't realize that when you get scared freeze up man you do freeze up but if someone touches you i've been punched in the face by you before and it's not pleasant (laughs) well i didn't want to punch him i just wanted him to stop staring at me like i was a piece of meat anyway guys so i'm at work yeah and stephanie calls me and she's like what are you doing i'm like oh nothing you know just like living my life working hating it and (laughs) (laughs) the entire Um, society stephanie was like so guess what just happened to me? You want to tell you about this creepy guy. And I was like, okay, love these stories. <laughs> and then she tells me this story and I'm like, you didn't, you didn't say anything? She's like, well, no. Yeah. I was like, Stephanie, yeah. call him out. Sing, like, yeah. s- let everybody know this guy. I can't say single him out. Yeah. Um, that's what you're supposed to do. You're right. And I should have because also if he's you're doing ever it to other people. Super concerned, especially like he already doesn't have anything in his hands or anything. Yeah. You should always go to the women's underwear section. That's true. Because for, first of all, there's always going to be women in that section. Yeah. And so you have like a slight backup. Yeah. And you at least have witnesses. <laughs> yeah. And there's I don't know. If it were me, Stephanie knows this because Stephanie's been places with me. If you make me feel uncomfortable, I'm going to be like, what do you want? Yeah, it's it's great. Stephanie, I've seen her life a bunch. You remember I that know. time we went Christmas shopping, that old lady tried to steal my purse? Yes, yes. I, I mean, I need to be more like that. And I'm glad that we brought this up because I think it's important. A lot of women listen to our, our channel. And you don't have to like physically get an altercation with no, somebody. You just no. have to. If you publicly embarrass them. yes. And they still be coming around. Yeah, you probably want to get escorted to your car. Yeah. And that's another thing. If you feel unsafe walking to your vehicle or anything like that, just ask one of the employees. Like, get somebody to go with you. Dude, I don't know. I have so much pent-up aggression right now. I'm wanting somebody to follow me to my car. (laughs) (laughs) Let me take this out on you. (laughs) Who's missing now, bitch? (laughs) (laughs) We laugh, but it is a a real it's a scary this thing. happens a lot and yeah. like it doesn't matter what you look like what your age is yeah a creep is a creep yeah and there's a lot of creepy people in the and world. men this can happen to you too friend yeah i mean it's, i don't know how often it happens i asked brady and he was like i don't ever notice any man looking at me and i was like mm-hmm. ever and i was like god did i pick an ugly boyfriend oh my <laughs> gosh no i think they just okay i think all women it's we're, yeah, we're just more aware of stuff like that because let's face it if it's <laughs> yeah. happening to anybody it's happening to women <laughs> yeah we're targeted and because i don't know let's not get into that but stay safe out there and totally call out creeps um mom told me i should buy you a taser for christmas a and taser <laughs> yeah because just so you have something and i was like no what if she accidentally tastes herself that's real that don't- really i was she was like why would she do that? I was like, it's Stephanie. <laughs> Thank you, Taylor, well, What if you're in a panic and you're trying to get this and you're like, yeah, and, then and then you're then down? I, I'm out. Honestly, I feel, I used to carry pepper spray when I was in college, you know, because I was like walking to the, the, the Dude, parking deck and pepper stuff. Pepper spray is good on one hand, but on the other, you also, if there's like any type of wind, you're both fucked. I know. When Trevor had to be like, you know, OC sprayed or whatever they call it. I mean, that bear spray? Sh- Stuff. Well, it's like the, the mace. Yeah, it's what they all have to be sprayed in the face with it. Yeah, I remember the video. It was bad. It's funny. Yeah, it's very funny. Listen, mm-hmm. I also got a jalapeno pepper in my eye the other day. And also- Do you remember that one time I got that banana pepper from Ingalls? <laughs> I drank a gallon of milk at your house and yeah. I almost fucking died because yes. it was... Oh, so, it yes. says sweet banana pepper. And listen, I like hot stuff, but I like... <laughs> devoured this pepper when we got home and I, I was like <gasps> her lips swelled up her face my was nose red. she was, was sweaty <laughs> Stephanie couldn't do anything and I was like milk. I need milk I was pouring it up my nose I was just like <sighs> Norton milk yeah and I forgot about that it's a good one yeah but the other day I was cutting banana peppers and jalapenos right and I was eating them and I forgot took my contacts out oh like, that's the fun even when you wash your hands it doesn't go well. you gotta use lemon juice so I now know I can't be pepper sprayed I couldn't survive it because that jalapeno pepper burned my eyes so bad I thought I was gonna have to go to the doctor yeah it takes like 20-30 minutes for the burn to go away out of your eyeballs ugh no sorry guys you didn't need to hear the pepper stories but you did <laughs> So let's get into our topic here. So I'm going to talk about the Texas Killing Fields, and we're just going to explain what it is and where it's located, and then we're going to talk about all of the victims. Now, there are so many victims, and I thought it was important to talk about each one. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on them. I'm just going to give you, like, the basic information that I have, and then we'll go from there. So the Texas Killing Fields is is a 25-acre plot of land located in League City, Texas. The plot's kind of situated about a mile from the Interstate 45 and around 26 miles southeast of Houston. So it's this whole little area, this 25-mile stretch, is called the Killing Fields. Since the 1970s, dozens of murder victims have been found along this area. The victims are typically girls and young women, and many women have disappeared from this area, and they haven't been discovered. We can't find them. So... There's so, w- are they the, like, suspected victims of the area? The, they were last seen within this area, and they haven't been found. Okay. Yeah. So, sorry, I lost my place there for a second. And, like I said, they're typically women and young girls. There are one or two men, um, but that's about it. That's it. And they were used. the couple that I talk about, it is a couple, they lost, they were found together, it was the only man that I found. Hmm. So And I think, honestly, that's just because they were together. Authorities believe that it's the work of, like, multiple serial killers, not just one in particular. It's just a dumping ground. Yeah, it's just an easy place to dump a body. Dang. Yeah. And the victim's ages range from 12 to 25 years old. There are so many teenagers on this list. It makes me sick to my stomach. Like, it's, it's wild. And, again, we can also say that it's like, Is a different time period, you know, in the 70s is a little different than the way that we carry ourselves now, right? We're more aware, we're more vigilant. Also, I mean, there was a ton of serial killers in the 70s and 60s and 50s and 80s, all the whole nine yards, but people just didn't think about it. Like, they were just like, oh, yeah, just come back when the streetlights come on. Yeah, they were very trusting, which is wild when you Mm -hmm. think of like bundy and gacy and everybody else just roaming the streets yeah so many so many so many so like i said they the victims ages were 12 to 25 and many of them shared similar characteristics like hair color body size things like that so that's also kind of strange <clears throat> excuse me the league city police and the fbi have solved like a handful of these cases right And the murders have been that were solved were based on confessions from prisoners already in jail. So they based them off what they could get from these people. Also, they say that some of the confessions were under the duress of police interviews. And again, this was in seventies, eighties, nineties, a little different than it is today, you know? Yeah. So we we have to, we have to think about that too there has been a task force that has been called into operation it's called h a l t halt it's the homicide slash abduction liaison team and it was created primarily just to investigate incidents in this field was not it run by a victim's father no he runs something else but he does help these people though right yes yes he like dedicated his whole life to helping people who experience the same kind of thing oh gosh so sad So, there is a documentary on Netflix, and we talked about this earlier, and we watched it. Um, It's pretty good, but it's, I feel like it focuses on, like, three families, the ones that they could solve, and they don't really mention anybody else, because, honestly, I had no idea the magnitude of this situation. Also, listen, I might be broken on the inside. It's a very good documentary. Please watch it. Give them all the support. They, you know, because, you know, these victims need to be heard, but- it's very emotional. Yeah. And I'm not an emotional human. Right. I like the nitty gritty. Clear cut facts. I want to know them. Yeah. So like forensic files. Cold case. That kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't mind to hear from the family. Because it does give you insight to the case. If you're not that kind of person. Because I, I know I'm not the only person. It's like that. Yeah. Um, it, you might not enjoy it as much. But it is still. Like it still does have good information. Yeah. It does. And it's. It, like you said. Heavily emotionally... I mean, it's, it's an emotional thing. Right, but we spend... The documentary spends a lot of time with, like, particular families, and it is heavy, you know? Yeah. But you don't really get to see everything. Yeah. It's just, like, little pieces of just one or two victims. Yeah. It's also laid out a little odd to me, but it, it it's is. still... I still really enjoyed it. I watched it twice, actually, because I feel like, to understand stuff like that, you should always watch it twice. Yeah. I agree. So... We're going to get straight into it. I'm going to start talking about victims. Now, I'm going to list them. I'm going to talk about where they disappeared and if they were found, that kind of stuff. So, let's get into it. This might be a little gory. Some of it's not very good. I just want to go ahead and say that first. I love it. <laughs> so, the first victim we have is Colette, Anise Wilson. Guys, she was 13 years old. She disappeared in June of 1971, and she was found, that's in November of the same year, and she had a gunshot wound to her head. No arrests have been made for this person. Hmm. Hmm. Another person is Brenda K. Jones. She was 14. Disappeared July, 1971 on her way to the hospital to visit a family member. I believe it was like her aunt or something. She was found the next day floating in the Galveston Bay close to the interstate. So this whole area, there's like a a little bay. There is, um, there's fields, there's woods in this 25 mile radius. These are where these, these girls are being found. She had a head wound and a sock in her mouth. She was 14. Stinky. So Rhonda Renee Johnson was also 14 and Sharon Lynn Shaw was 13. They disappeared from the lake. They had been swimming with their friends. They were having a good time. It was July 1971. A skull was found on the beach by two people fishing. And that was in January of 1972. Six weeks later, the remains of both girls were found. And dental records were used to identify the bodies and the cause of death couldn't be determined because of the degradation of the body. A lot of the people that we're going to talk about, it was hard to tell what happened to them. And immediately when you first, when I when I was first looking at this and I saw it was all young girls, I was thinking like child molester. I was thinking like rapist, but it doesn't. Some victims mention sexual assault, but some of them, a lot of them don't. And I think it's just because when they were found, their remains were too far gone. Yeah. There was no way for them to know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so then we have Gloria Ann Gonzalez. She was 19. She disappeared in October of 1971 and her skeletal remains were found in November of 1971. And they think blunt force trauma was the cause of her death. Couldn't tell again her mains were too far gone also it was back in the day I don't yeah think they, we should say that too in the 70s like they didn't have the technology that we have now so or just like the expertise wasn't readily available true true and then we have allison and craven she was 12 Was that the youngest victim the youngest is 12 yeah there's quite a few 12 year olds of course there is yeah she disappeared from her home in november of 1971 so she had been at home and she was hanging out at home her mom left for about an hour to go to the grocery store just a quick errand thing nothing nothing crazy she came back and she was gone um three months later partial remains were found in a field they found hands they found an arm and a few teeth And then in February of 1972, the rest of her remains were found near the Interstate 45. It was 10 miles from her home. So, just throwing body parts everywhere? Yeah. So, my thinking behind a lot of these is that these terrible humans, these serial killers, these whatever you want to call them, they are driving up and down the highway, right? Yeah. They are driving through towns close to the highway or little settlements, neighborhoods close to the highway so that they can find their victims. Yeah. And then they dump them as soon as, you know, they're That's like the Golden State Killer. Yeah. And that's what makes it so hard to figure out what happened to these girls or who did it to them because there's no evidence. And these people did it and they left and they never came back. I mean, that you know of. Right. It's true. So then we have Debbie Catherine Ackerman and Maria Talbert Johnson. They were both 15. They were hanging out together. They were attempting to hitchhike to go get some ice cream. And again, this is in the 70s. So it's a little different than it is now. Um, Not a big deal. Just, hey, can you pick me up and take me to the ice cream parlor? Uh, Their bodies were found bound and partially nude. A few days later, both victims were shot, tied down, and they were drowned. My God. Yeah, it just seems like massive overkill with a lot of these. Then we have Kimberly Ray Pitchfork. Pitchford. She was 16. She disappeared in January of 1973. She was last seen at the Dolby High School in Houston, Texas. She was taking her driving test. So, and then after taking her driver's test, she she wasn't found. They couldn't find her. And then later on, two boys find her two days later. Her watch and her shoes were missing, and the cause of her death was strangulation. Why are you going to take her shoes? Uh, on I thought maybe it was like I don't know like a crime of opportunity they saw her and they like stole her shoes and her watch and then they just killed her nothing more to it I don't know or is it like he wanted something to remember her by you know how they are like that I usually feel like they pick small things like a watch the shoes Mm. I don't know maybe he's a feet guy maybe so and then we have Brooks Bracewell, she was 12, and Georgia Caroline Gear. she was 14. They disappeared in November of 1974 near a gas station by Interstate 45. They went to like, they were just like getting snacks. It was a convenience store. They were just kind of hanging out. Their remains were identified, were not identified until April of 1981. They disappeared in 74, and they weren't even found until 81, and they have no way of knowing what happened to them. Yeah. It had been way too long. Suzanne Bowers was 12. Disappeared of May 1977. She was walking from her grandmother's home to her home. It was a three-minute walk between the houses. Like, they were in the same neighborhood. She was just, like, leaving her parents' house and going to her grandma's house. Nothing crazy, right? Um, they found her skeletal remains two years later, and they don't know what happened to her either. They don't have a cause of death for her. Tina Gale Klaus was 17, and Harold Dean Klaus Jr. was 20. So this is the mail that I was talking about earlier. Uh, they were found January of 1981 after a civilian's dog found a severed arm and brought it back to his owners. Their heavily decomposed bodies were found a few days later when they brought in an entire team of investigators and police dogs and things like that. Tina had been strangled and Harold was bound and he had been beaten to death. In 2022 recently, 2022 that was weird saying that yeah felt <laughs> they, weird. yeah using forensic genealogists their daughter was identified so they had a daughter like an infant and i guess she had went into the system or she was raised by a family member it didn't really go into it but they found her living in oklahoma and they were able to tie them to her yeah because i guess before then they didn't know who these people were yeah And then we have Michelle Angela Garvey was 15. She disappeared in June of 1982 after running away from home in Connecticut. She was having some family problems. And like her parents, you know, she was like teenage angst, you know. So she left and she probably uh, hitchhiked through. Uh, She was found in July of 1982 near other buried victims in the same plot. They um, They found that her cause of death was strangulation and she had been sexually assaulted. Perfect. Yeah. So again, like the documentary talks about the type of layout of this area, right? It talks yeah. about how it's easy to hide a body here, how it's the the accessibility from the interstate and things like that, and how a lot of people are moving through. But nobody talks about all of these people. My thing is, who owns this property, and why is it not like heavily boarded up? You know what I'm talking? like you know like well, why? a lot of it has been developed over the years. So like you know those buildings are haunted. Yes. So things are happening. Like it's not like it's just desolate. Like things have happened throughout time. But still, there's still vacant areas. I don't know. I just feel like maybe somebody should be patrolling the area if you know if it keeps being a drop off for Mm -hmm. dead bodies. Well, right now we're in the 80s, so it does stop after like the early 2000s. But still, that's like 30 years of like. A dumping ground for dead people. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. No one was like, maybe we should put a patrol guy out there. Uh, And maybe it goes back to what you were saying earlier, how like, maybe it was because they lacked resources. Maybe the FBI wasn't called in because they were so, I mean, they were finding people. But like some of these people were found much later, right? Their bodies were found years and years later. Yeah, but later. like, it's not like it's the desert, okay? Yeah. It's not like, this is an area that can be monitored. Right. It's not like just vast and empty. It's not, no. There's developments all around it. So at a certain point, where do we start saying that possibly the county should be held slightly responsible, obviously not for the deaths, but for ever so slightly facilitating a dumping ground? right? I don't know... When they, I don't, I don't know when things start to change. Like how is many it, bodies do you, at this point, so say it's 85, that's still what? 10 people. Mm-hmm. That's way too damn many in my point of view. I agree. And they're all young girls. Very young. It doesn't matter the age. This is just 10 dead people you're going to find. And then we continue to find more and more and more. Mm-hmm. It, do you think it if it was patrolled even just like a slight patrol it's a deterrent for anything like that but then i guess people wouldn't have been able to find their family members this way but i think at this point because there is a task force dedicated that it's probably heavily monitored and i'm sure they're doing excavate like they're they're doing all the things trying to find these people to make sure that there isn't anybody who hasn't been found in this area now right Then nobody put two and two together in 30 years. I don't know if it's because they're just like, eh, it just happens. They come off the interstate and they just do it. My thing is if you talk to, if you do watch the um, documentary, they talk about the police force in the county. Mm -hmm. And they are not, um, how do you say that? They're not willing to cooperate with any of the documentary people, they don't Mm -hmm. want to speak about any of it. Yeah. I mean, I get that in one hand, right? Because you have to be careful what you say. Yeah, you have to be right? careful what you say, but, but you could also just be like, let's dive in. Some things were mishandled during this time. Yeah. Make a statement. Talk about because it. Because if you don't, you still look incompetent. Right. I even agree. if you're not, even if you've made vast improvements in your system, mm-hmm. you still look incompetent. Yeah. Because, um, baby, you look kind of re- incompetent right now. Like You don't look good. No, it's not looking good. No so this let's jump back in here back into my long Sorry, list i have a i had to go on a rant kind of pissed me, no it's pissed fine me yeah interrupt I, i'm here for it susan lee eats i think that's how you pronounce it she was 20 she disappeared in of, uh, <laughs> typical typical yes you know in august of 1983 on her way to work her body was found the following day she was nude she'd been badly beaten her clothing had been used to strangle her Uh, She was sexually assaulted. Her mother had been receiving phone calls. So this is one where they do find the culprit in her murder. Uh, Her mother had been receiving phone calls from a man named Bill. He would call and he would be like, I have photos of your daughter and things like that. Just uber creepy. And then um, later on, they were able to use DNA evidence to identify an Arthur Raymond Davis Jr. He was a Vietnam vet as the man who raped her. But he died in January of 1984 in a car accident. So there wasn't any retribution able to be had. But... I'm sure he's pay- getting all I feel the like, payback right now. Yeah, his karma was handed to him. It was a single He was vehicle. calling her? Calling her mother. And well, saying- that's what they think. They think it was her taunt him, excuse me, him taunting the mother. Saying, my name's Bill and all this stuff. Saying, I have pictures of your daughter. I know your daughter. And she... That's terrible. Even if it wasn't the killer, who the hell is doing that to somebody? I know. You deserve a good nut punch. Yes, I'll get in line to start punching nuts with for that guy. Just like little punching bags. (laughs) Heidi Marie uh, Villarreal Fay. She was 25. She disappeared from a gas station. It was a convenience store. Also in October of 1983. She was found in April after a dog found her skull and brought it into the home of his owners. The dog had been running around playing and brought the head in. The rest of her remains were found later, and the cause of death was labeled blunt force trauma. I'm just going to say it. This sounds bad. The dogs are doing the work here, Betty. Yeah. They found a lot of victims. Yeah. And then we have Sandra K. Ramber. She was 14. She disappeared from her home in September of 1984. She was 14, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. She was at home. Mm-hmm. She disappeared from her house. She, they found, they went home. Her parents came home and the door was left wide open. There was food in the oven still cooking. There was stuff on the table. Someone came in and took her and she has not been found. That could be aliens to be fair. I'm just saying. I mean, I guess she'd rather be abducted than by aliens than by a predator. <laughs> is it? She was abducted. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, is that funny? Sorry. Yes. No, I'm laughing because <laughs> Stephanie's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> then we have Laura Lynn Miller. She was 16. She disappeared in September of 1984 at the same gas station as um, the Heidi Marie Villarelle Fay, the one where they found the dog brought her head in. Yeah. Uh, she was at the same gas station. Her remains were found 60 feet away from hers. They were right beside each other so in this same field. same guy. Mm-hmm. Um, She was discovered in 1986 and they couldn't figure out her cause of death because of, yeah. Mm. Then we have Ella, Ellen Ray Simpson Beeson. She was 29. She's one of the oldest victims. She disappeared in July of 1985 after leaving the Texas moon club. She had, communicated with her friends that she had met a guy she was excited her body was found under a sofa in a field her remains were exhumed in 2012 and her cause of death was blunt force trauma she was also mentioned in the documentary yes yeah michelle Doherty thomas was 17 she disappeared from her home in october of 1985 she was last seen They were, she went to a gas station, and this is the last time anybody saw her. She got into the car with two men, and she has not been found. They don't know where she went. Do you think they just marked her as a runaway? Probably. Yeah. But I'm glad that all of these people have been put together so that you can go forward from that. You know, because they all disappeared from the same area. I think it's important to talk about each one of them. Um, Just so... Maybe a connection. Somebody out there can make a connection. We also have Audrey Lee Cook. She was 30. Last seen December of 1985. Her remains were found the same day as Laura Miller Cook. And she had died of a gunshot wound to her back. They were laid. um, What is it when you're laying on your back? What's that called? There's a fancy word for it. Supine? Yeah. They were laid up against like a tree area and she was identified in April of 2019 along with a woman named Donna Prudholm via using the the family tree DNA situation. That's how they were able to identify these victims. So for 20 some odd years, nobody knew who these people were. They were just Jane Doe's. Then we have Shelly Kathleen Sykes. She was 19. She was last leaving her job as a waitress. She had been working a shift and she was going home. It was May of 1986. Her car was found the next day on Interstate 45. There was a broken window. There was blood all over the back seat and she's not been found. There's no more evidence where she is. Then we have Susanna Renee Richardson. She was 22. She was last seen at work. She was a night clerk at the Casa Del Mar condos. She had been working. She was in her office. It was October of 1988. A coworker was sleeping downstairs. Like he was below her office or above her office. I don't know which one exactly, but he heard a scream. And then he heard like a car speeding away. And by the time he got to her office, she there, she wasn't there, and he ran out to the parking lot, and they found a shoe in the parking lot, and she's not been found. Yeah. Then we have Donna Marie Prudhomme, and I mentioned her earlier. She was thirty four. Uh, Last seen July of 1991. Her remains were found by a civilian in September of 91, and the cause of death could not be determined due to decomp. Um, She was identified in 2019, like I said earlier, using the family DNA situation. Then we have Lynette Bibbs, 14, and Tamira Fisher, 15. They were last seen, they went to a teen club. Apparently it was like the YMCA, I guess, like Boys and Girls Club, like we have here. And they were hanging out. And They, oh my gosh, I lost my spot. I'm so sorry. Nothing worse. I hate that. Well, sometimes my iPad just like does its own thing. It's annoying. Anyway. So a 22 year old male claims that he picked them up and he dropped them off at a hotel. It doesn't mention his name or anything, but I'm like, "Mm, ding, ding, ding. This guy seems sketch. Okay. Yeah. He's probably just like like a sex trafficker. Yeah. Their remains were found two days later. The cause of death was a gunshot wound to both of them and the police think that two people are responsible for this just because of the way the crime scene was situated and how the the women were found also they were dropped off at a hotel by yeah. this guy who's probably involved yeah then we have crystal jean baker she was 13. she was last seen leaving her grandma's house and she was going to the local gas station to use a pay phone she wanted to call her friend because she was having a fight with her grandma and she was like can i come spend the night with you that kind of situation kind of before the cell phone days, you know, they found her body two hours later. She had been raped. She was strangled and then she was dumped. Uh, Baker's great aunt was Marilyn Monroe. Weird. Yeah. It's kind of sad. Kevin Edison was convicted of her murder and sentenced to life in prison. So they found the person who did this to her. And then I also thought this was important to mention. So in 2019, Governor Greg Abbott signed into law that Crystal Jean Baker Act, which permits the collection of DNA from individuals arrested for certain felonies prior to conviction. So they can collect your DNA and test it, make sure, you know, that kind of situation. Yeah. Because, honestly, DNA is the only thing they have at this point. When the body is so, you know, so far gone, there's well, not she a lot was, left. She was found two hours later. I mean, True. They, and they, they, they were able to find a rapist using DNA laura smither was 12 she this was she was also mentioned in the um documentary yeah. she was lasting jogging up her street in april of 97 17 days later her remains were found in a retention pond and then in 1998 her parents created the laura recovery center and this is what we were talking about earlier how her dad helps it's a nonprofit um company that aids in the search and recovery of kidnapped victims. William Lewis Reese confessed to her murder and the murder of Laura Smither, Kelly Cox, and Jessica Kane. So the same man confessed to these murders that I'm about to talk about now. So we have Laura. And then we have Jessica Lee Kane. She was 17. She was eating dinner with her friends the last time anybody really saw her. And that was in August of 97. Her father found her truck abandoned on the Interstate 45. And then in March of 2016, her remains were finally found. And the only reason they found her remains is because the man who claimed to have murdered her said, you should check out this area. And that's how they found her. Jesus. Yeah. You only said that to like get some kind of privilege. Something was happening. Yeah. Kelly Ann Cox was 20 when she disappeared in July of 97 from a gas station. She had locked herself out of her car and she called her boyfriend from the payphone and was like, hey, can you come get me? And then they never found her. She disappeared when he got there. She wasn't there. Her remains were found in March of 2016 after the same confession. They found her in the same area. Yeah. And then we have Todd Tran Harriman and he was 50 or excuse me. She was 57. This is the oldest victim. She was visiting relatives in Texas, okay, and mapped out an entire route, and she was going to go from League City to Corpus Christi, and she planned to drive. She was an experienced driver. I mean, she was a mature woman, and she was going to drive on Highway 35. Uh, July of 2001, she disappeared, and nobody's ever seen her again. Hmm. Yeah. So she kind of doesn't really fit the mold of the other people, so I think that that was kind of like, I don't know. It's weird. And then we have Sarah and Lewis Tristy. She was 23. She disappeared in July of 2002 while riding her bike near her church. She was found the next day and the remains were found a few weeks later. And there isn't a cause of death listed. I don't know if they're just not releasing that or I'm not Can entirely Can the family sure. opt for it to not be released? I don't, I don't know how that works, honestly. You would think that sometimes you would want to. I feel like if it was, I don't know. I don't know. If it's me, dog, you have full permission to release it. Okay. I'll put that in my back pocket. And then our last victim we have is Teresa Lynn uh, Venegagas. She was 16 and she disappeared in October of 2006. She was walking near the Gree-K subdivision. She was just out for a walk. Her remains were found three days later. The cause of death was strangulation. Um, They found her near a high school. She was also sexually assaulted and her hair had been cut off. What? That seems like All one right, of those, Buffalo Bill. yeah, one of those calling cards of a serial killer situation. Yeah, that's so comfortable. That is the last victim. So 2006 is when the list kind of stops of the bodies that were found and discovered or people who disappeared in that area. But I went to the FBI website and I just wanted to see like where we were at here, you know. And they say, like I said earlier, the area around the fields has been developed a lot since the 80s and 90s there's paved roads and there's a housing development local church owns the land and the church and community members have created like a peaceful memorial for all of these people each woman has her own marker and it's decorated with photos names and mementos i thought that was kind yeah and then um a quote from someone here says that one of the um one of the members of the church. We really claim that area. We're changing the name of the place from the killing fields to the healing fields. Um, They want to make it a park. They want to make it a place of goodness, but I'll be honest with you. I ain't taking my kid to that park. No, it's just bad vibes. Like I get it. Like I understand you want to turn it around, the right thing. You don't want the, these people's almost final resting place to be like, but the earth is scarred. Okay. Mm -hmm. Also, what if you built on top of a body? Then you had no idea. Yeah. but if there's a roadway on a body? Yeah. I just don't like it. I don't either. One of the um, FBI agents who has worked on this case, like for years and years, he's about to retire. And like his goal is to close as many cold cases as he can. That's kind of what his mission in life is here. And he is quoted as saying, anything anyone in the public knows, no matter how small they think it is, we really want them to come forward because it may be very significant to the case. And then, i'm going to go ahead and mention it here but if you have any information like if you've heard this and you're like hey i think i might know something or this sounds like this or anything credible or anything valuable it could be the smallest thing you can visit the tips.fbi.gov or call your local fbi field office and you can put in those uh suggestions or just anything that you think might be valuable to the situation could help somebody you never know but yeah I just thought it was, I know it was a lot of information to cover. I know it was a lot of people, but I felt like that's what the documentary lacked. Like I, I needed, agree. I needed to know everybody. I feel like no one's going to watch it now. No, I mean, it's good. I, I mean, know, but I it no set up a backstory, like really, like, you know, the environment, you know, the people a lot. There was a couple of families that were really targeted and those are the ones that were like solved, but there's so many more and they're still missing people. So I thought it was important to talk about it. There's so many missing humans. I know. It creeps me out when I think about it. The missing person cases in general are just well, Yeah, just like, because they're just there and then they're not. Like, it's a wild thing. I mean, I need closure is what I'm saying. I, l- I don't like not knowing things, to be fair. I, yeah. So I get it. Sorry. I'm really trying not to yawn in the mic. <laughs> <laughs> it's a problem. I know. No one has to comment on it. Or you can. We don't care. Um, Sarah calls me out on the dailies. (laughs) 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 I try not to, but I really can't help it. Um, So now I'm going to talk about the Gilgo Beach serial killings. Yeah. So that's what you were saying earlier. This is like a hot topic right now. So it's a hot topic right now, but y'all got to bear with me. With, like, I'm going to talk about the murders, but the guy that they arrested, that they were, like, 100% sure that this guy did it, I don't have a lot of information on him yet because it's an active, ongoing case and it has not made it to court, so they can only release so much information. Right. Um, I can do, like, a slight backstory on him, but it's really just, like, limited. Usually they don't do that kind of detailed research on serial killers until after they've been convicted. Right. Because, you know... That's the nice thing to do about girls. Not that they were very well, nice in their lives. Well, we... He hasn't been... Yeah, you're innocent. do proven don't prove him yes. guilty. But I'm yeah. sure homeboy guilty. Anyway, so... The Gilgo Beach serial killings were a series of murders between 96 and 2011. Oh, that's pretty recent. Yeah, it's pretty recent. I mean, in my mind, that's recent. In reality, it's really not. You know why I think it's recent? Because I was alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... That's <laughs> if I'm alive, it just happened. Yeah, it was yesterday. The killings were between the years 96 and 2011. And they found the remains of up to 18 people at Gilgo Beach. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's a lot. I didn't realize it was that much. I thought it was just like the big four that they cover in the news. Um, so Gilgo Beach is located on the south shore of Long Island. Most of the known victims were sex workers who advertised on Craigslist. Mm. craigless is scary so scary man and like we already had the craigless killer right and this is not him btw mm. but he'll probably i mean they're probably gonna make a whole new freaking category for these types of people yeah in the serial killer world so um the victim's remains were found over a period of months between 2010 and 2011 and um, i think they it back to 96 because that's when people were reported missing After the disappearance of a woman, uh, Shannon Gilbert resulted in a police search of the area along the Ocean Parkway near the remote beach towns of Gilgo and Oak Beach in Suffolk County. I hope I really said that right because that's how I want to say it because I'm from the South, but I'm not from the North. So correct us. Correct us. (laughs) Yeah. Tell us how we should say it. So the remains of the four victims uh, designated the Gilgo four. This is the ones you're going to hear about mainly in the news were found within a quarter mile of each other near near Gilgo Beach in December 2010. So that is, yeah. So six more sets of remains were found in March and April of 2011 in Suffolk and Nassau counties. Police uh, believe the latter sets of remains predate the four bodies found in December of 2010. Yeah, so they were much older. So, to me, we're already starting off with 10 bodies so eight more have yet to be found at this point and that's nuts to me yeah also i just feel like burying a body on a beach is not a good idea but apparently i didn't th- i mean do they throw them in the water no they bury them in the sand that's crazy but i would I'm, never think to do that i would never think to do that <laughs> digging in the sand is so hard that's the fucking workout man yeah walking in the sand is rough i don't want to dig yeah it's hot yeah uh uh-uh. thanks no. Also, when you leave, you know there's sand everywhere. Oh yeah, everywhere, everywhere. Okay, so back to Shannon Gilbert. Um, Her remains were found a year after the remains of the Gilgo Four were discovered. So her cause of death remains contested, with police claiming accidental drowning, while an independent autopsy done by the family determined possible strangulation. Mm. I don't know how conflicting information here. Yeah, I don't know how you're confusing a drowning. And strangulation versus strangulation because usually when you're strangled the the little i can't remember what it's called there's like a little tiny bone right here in your where where your trachea and stuff is in your neck and it's usually crushed mm-hmm. what is a hyoid hyoid Hi- that sounds right it feels right i don't know if i'm wrong correct us talk to me <laughs> <laughs> so on july 13th of 2023 a resident of mm, i don't know Massapegua Park Mm -hmm. was arrested in Midtown Manhattan as a suspect in the case. He was charged with the following the the following day in the murders of the three of the Gilgo 4 victims Megan Waterman Melissa Bartholomew and Amber Costello. So this man was So this is the man that they have recently um arrested. So before I get into him I'm just going to talk about the previous police investigations Because i want to talk about him last since there's limited information okay so the first discovery of humans human remains was made uh by the side of ocean parkway in oak beach on december 11th 2010. so the investigation was prompted by the search for the shannon gilbert lady that was missing so she was a 24-year-old woman who had disappeared in the area in may of that year after fleeing from a client's home and making a 23-minute-long emergency call to 911, <gasps> saying they are trying to kill me, so this—I hate this. Yeah, so she is also a sex was also a sex worker in the area, and she is what prompted um, the search that led to the discovery of all of these remains. Wow! And when I tell you that. Yeah, 18 bodies, 18 remains is what they have found. There's a list of other possible victims under this guy's belt. Wow. That And there's a lot of Jane Doe's, too. Yeah. So, a month after her disappearance, the Suffolk County Police Department's Missing Persons Bureau asked an officer to search for Gilbert with his trained cadaver dog. It's just kind of sad, like, a month? they are not even going to give her a month? Yeah, well... I don't know. I mean, you have to be realistic. Like if stuff. I know realism, but like even in our area, if you go missing, right. Dude, I just feel like if you get, go missing in the mountains, you're dead. Yes. Yeah. We too. I mean, they're search and rescue and they look, but after so long. Yeah. You know. So if you wanted to know the dog's name, he's a German shepherd named blue. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I had to include <laughs> it. Good on you blue. Yeah. So of over the course of the summer of 2010, the detective unsuccessfully searched the gated beach community where Gilbert had was had, had last been seen. I don't know why he couldn't get in there. Like, why was it unsuccessful? Like he really, wasn't able to actually get inside I of the know. compound, or like he just didn't find anything? He it says he had an unsuccessful search of, yeah. a, of the of the gated community. Yeah, it, just it was means like he didn't find anything. Did you not go like hard in there or something? You know, well, his dog didn't alert to anything. I don't know. I feel like Blue was just probably playing in the water. I have a German Shepherd at home, so I just, that's what I think all of them are like. When they're ready to work, they're ready to work, I guess. So, the officer made a new attempt at a search in December um, of that year. Staying close to the shoulder of the parkway, the detective bases choice of search area on FBI data, including uh, indicating that dumped bodies are frequently found close to roadways. Right. like the killing fields. Right, because it's just the ease of dumping a body. Yeah, cuz you know, the hassle of killing was just too much. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Despite the super thick vegetation and a light layer of snow, uh blue the cadaver dog alerted to a scent, which the pair tracked to a skeleton in a disintegrating burlap bag. Oh my goodness. That's a big ass burlap bag. Yeah. Also, I mean, where do you even get those anymore? I was she like folded up in it i mean they get pretty big like a flower sack you know it's pretty large yeah, but I, I, I haven't know. seen one of those in ever yeah like tv yeah. i've seen one on tv yeah tv <laughs> <laughs> ever since i've been alive flower has come in a paper bag that's true <laughs> yeah anyway so wait, um, is it flower in a sack a sack of flour. yeah okay because like back in the people day, people say that. Though, yeah, they say a sack of flour. Because it used to come in like a like cloth sack, right? They would make clothing and, out of it. Yeah, and yeah. in the Great Depression, they started putting patterns on them because people couldn't afford clothes. Side note, fun fact: <laughs> so um, the remains were later identified as Melissa Bartholomew's, though it's not even the person they're looking for. Police discovered three additional bodies while searching the scene for further evidence. This is just like the killing fields. It's just like the killing fields. But up north. Right. It's just a different location where people are <laughs> dumping poor people, poor humans who have been hurt. Yeah. So the bodies of four other victims Maureen Brainard, Melissa Bartholomew, Megan Waterman, and Amber Costello were found approximately 500 feet from each other. Yeah. This was somebody's place. Yeah. 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 It's wild. So, in March of the next year, 2011, partial remains of Jessica Taylor were found along Ocean Parkway. Eight years earlier, in 03, other parts of Taylor's remains had been found oh. in Manorville, in a town of Suffolk County. So, she was spread out. Oh, my
1: goodness.
0: Um, I hate that. That's just so like weird a, it's, to some me. Some of the victims that I talked about earlier, you know, like they'd find their hand or they'd find this. Mm-mm. It's like a, you know, just spreading them out. Uh, So, the next month in April of 2011, police uh, discovered three additional sets of remains. An unidentified female, toddler, an (gasps) unidentified unidentified Asian person. I don't know why it says person. Maybe they don't, they couldn't, maybe the pelvis was missing? Possibly. And the remains of Valerie Mack, partial remains of whom, like those of Jessica Taylor, had been found in Manorville years earlier in November of 2000. (laughs) yeah so this is just like a really weird thing so two more bodies were found in nassau county an unidentified woman whose partial partial remains had previously been found on fire island in 1996 so and then there was an unidentified woman with a distinctive tattoo of peaches who was later found to be the mother of the unidentified toddler found in suffolk county I hate that. It's really, it's really bad. It's really sad. Yeah. So, (laughs) I mean, mine was sad with like 12 year olds, but like a toddler and a mom. I'm assuming that she was probably also a sex worker still though and had her kid with her. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, she probably didn't have childcare. You know how life is now. Yeah. So on May 9th, 2011, police speculated that because of the similarities in the cases of Valerie Mack, who at the time was unidentified, and Jessica Taylor may have been murdered by a second separate killer. So these may not actually be uh, the guy they arrested. Like, they, they don't know if he can take credit for him. right? And in November of 2011, police announced that they believed one person to be responsible for all 10 murders and that the perpetrator is almost certainly from Long Island. The single killer theory stems from common characteristics between the conditions of the remains and forensic evidence related to the bodies. So they went from multiples to single. Pretty much it's just like we aren't sure. So in June 2011, Suffolk County Police announced a $25,000 reward for information leading to an arrest in the Long Island murders. So Shannon Gilbert's remains were located in Oak Beach and they were found... In December of 2011, 19 months after her disappearance. And like I said earlier, her cause of death is still contested. They don't know. I don't know how you confuse drowning versus strangulation, but that's not my job. No. And I understand like when you, maybe there is a some confusion as maybe she ended up in the water regardless and they don't know what actually caused her death was it drowning or was she dead when she went in yeah maybe that's the kind of the well 19 the months after I, I imagine that she there's you know yeah they're working great. with limited stuff here so uh the fbi got involved um in like 2015 so when they became involved the announcement came one day after former of Police Chief James Burke was indicted for civil rights violations and conspiracy. Mm. So that was not good on the count. Man. Um. Anyway, the homeboy resigned from the department l- shortly, and he was reported to having to have blocked FBI involvement in the Gilgo Beach cases for years. That's not sketchy or anything. I don't know why. I, I'm sure he was probably doing something that w- was not great, but I don't think it had anything to do with the He You barters. just didn't care? I think he was probably, maybe like drug deals happened over there. It's like on the highway, you know, like you yeah. don't want to, you know. Something was related. Something was. Yeah. So anyway, if anybody wanted to know, in 2016, Burke, the, the former police chief was sentenced to 46 months of federal prison for assault and conspiracy. So. Wow. Good on them. So the first guy they named as a suspect um, was a man named John Bitroff, and he wasn't named a suspect until 2017. Wow. And um, he was a carpenter from Manorville, Long Island, and was suspect in at least one of the murders. Bitroff had been convicted in May of that year of the murders of two sex workers in from the years 93 and 94. Oh, so he had priors. Yeah, was because all of these victims were sex workers, except the toddler. Right. Hopefully. um, So that, I mean, usually if you're in the same area or whatever. But this was in 93 and 94. It's not like he continued. And if they want you to, like, you know, whatever. I didn't go too far in there, but I imagine he did not get a good sentence. Right. So, um. In 2020, they released evidence to the public to try to help find, you know, like, kind of like Crime Stoppers or yeah. tips. Like, hey, like, we we have nothing. We need your help. So, um, I'm going to talk about the victims now. I'm going to talk about the Gilgo Four, and then I'm going to go, just like briefly. I'm not going to talk about every single one of them because there's a bunch. So, Maureen uh, Brainon Barnes was 25. Mm-hmm. Right? So, she was fairly young and she was last seen in July of 2007 saying that she planned to spend the day in New York city and she was never seen again. Terrible. The next one is Melissa Bartholomew. Mm-hmm. She was 24 and she lived in Erie County, New York. She went missing July 12th in, of 2009. Uh, she had been living in the Bronx in New York and was working as an escort through Craigslist. So on the night she went missing, this is weird. The night she went missing, she met with a client, deposited nine hundred dollars into her bank account, attempted to call an old boyfriend, and that was the last time anybody ever talked to her. Like, you know. She was just going her. about her normal life. Put some money in the bank. She was gonna call her her dude. Yeah, and then she received um listen this is awful so after she went missing beginning like a week after and lasting for about five weeks her teenage sister received a series of vulgar mocking and insulting calls from a man who may have been her killer using her sister's cell phone (gasps) are you kidding so the caller asked the sister if she was a excuse my language whore like her sister and a bunch of other stuff that I'm not getting into because I ain't about that life wow so uh, Bartholomew was only four foot 10 and weighed about 95 pounds. She was so tiny. And when they found her, she had been strangled. The previous victim had also been strangled. Sorry, I forgot to have that. Megan Waterman, 22 of South Portland, Maine, went missing on June 6, 2010 after placing advertisements on Craigslist as an escort. So the previous day, she had told her 20-year-old boyfriend that she was going out and would call him later. At the time of her disappearance, she was staying at a motel, 15 miles northwest, nor or sorry, northeast of Gilgo Beach. Um, her body was recovered in 2010, and she was about five foot five and a little tiny thing too. And she had also been strangled. The next victim is Amber Lynn Costello. She was 27 of West Babylon, New York. Um, she was also a sex worker and, unfortunately, a heroin user who went missing in September of twenty ten. That night she reportedly went to meet a stranger who had called her several times and offered her fifteen hundred dollars for her services and was never seen again. Um she was also a teeny tiny person, about a four eleven, weighed a hundred pounds, and had been strangled. Yeah. So they all had very similar body types. It's, it seems like he this person has a type. Yeah. Yeah. Um So now I'm going to talk about some unidentified, uh, the one that they named Jane Doe number three or Peaches. Um, I talked about her earlier and they had one named Baby Doe, which was her child. It was a toddler, Um, the Asian male, and there was the Jane Doe from um, Fire Island. So they did find Shannon Gilbert's body, like I said, in December 13th of 2011 um, and it was near, um, the place where she had disappeared and it was in a marsh. And that's why they don't know if she drowned or if she was strangled. But again, she had that terrifying 911 call saying they were trying to kill me screaming, you know, yes, like she, you could tell she, Something she feared was happening for her, her life. So her mother and family paid for her to have a separate autopsy, which good for them. I mean, if you have the ability and the funds, I mean, I support that a thousand percent. A hundred. um, Yes. Do that. So that is the last of the, um, I like, like true, the true victims they know, but I'm going to talk about some possible victims. I'm not going to get too deep into it. So one that they think that has been identified is a victim of this serial killer is a woman named Tina Elizabeth Foglia, Foglia, excuse me. She was a 19-year-old who was last seen alive um, in the early morning hours in 1982. Oh, man. And her um, remains were also discovered over there. And there's another one who was 16. Her name was Jacqueline Ashley Smith. And this one, this one's kind of sad. I mean, they're all sad. But I was about to say, (laughs) this is a male uh, victim By the name of Andre Jamal Isaac, who went by the stage name Sugar Bear and uh, was a drag queen. He was 25-year-old when he went uh, missing and he didn't get found until 2002. Wow. So, pretty sad. And they don't know how he died, but his arms and legs were found several miles away from his actual body, body in plastic bags. Yeah. So, he was dismembered. Yeah. And another uh, another one that was found was Jamie Diane Seymour. She was a 21-year-old escort. Another... So, the this is just... I don't mean to interrupt you, but, like, this is... It lines up so much with the killing fields. Like, this is just another dumping ground yeah. for people. Yeah. Another... Um. But, see... I don't know. Like, I don't know how they know for sure these people are all sex workers. Because... Because Andre was a um, drag queen, not a prostitute, so it doesn't really fit the bill. So they find a bunch more uh, bodies, but they're not identified and remain a bunch more. There's two more. So I don't really want to talk about them because I don't know their names. Yeah. And now I'm going to talk about the man they arrested. His name is um, Rex Huroman. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 59. He's from Massapequa Park. Massapequa. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So his arrest sent like shockwaves through his community as he's described by his neighbors as a well-dressed man who would commute to work in Manhattan as an architect with no reason to believe he could be involved in any type of killings. And that's what he wants you to believe. So if he's found guilty, people are like... Homeboys clearly live in a double life. Well, how many ser- serial killers were also doing that? You know, um, all of them. <laughs> like on the outside, of course, they're completely normal. But inside they have. I don't, these know. I don't dark, think anybody thought Dahmer was normal. No, not even his family. God bless him. So he's actually only been arrested for the Gilgo four. He's not being arrested for all of them. I'm sure they will try to tie as many as they can to him because the way he was caught, again, I don't have a lot of information on this man due to an ongoing case. And I think we were going to do a part two after his case is aired. Yeah, so we can totally talk about the trial and hopefully a conviction. So they've been following him for years. They did say that. They they don't want anyone to know or didn't want it it to get back to him how closely they were following him. Because they had... Information that led him so or, they collected you know, some dna from one of the bodies and it had been stored whatever so that, the roundabout way how they get to him has not been released so i don't know how they get to this man but because there was only that one other guy they suspected but they wanted to get his eye um his dna And obviously, he's not going to be like, oh, yeah, here's my spit. So, yeah, for real. Police followed him for like a year trying to get his DNA. Oh, my God. And how they did it was they waited until uh, they had like outside his work or something like or it was his work or restaurant. Anyway, he had been eating pizza and threw the crust away because he's a demon yeah, the crust is the, the best, best part. part. <laughs> it's my favorite. And so they collected the pizza crust, and um, got a DNA match to him. They also, after the DNA match, went through his. They did a search of his home and his cell phone records, and now they have cell phone evidence <gasps> through the Craigslist ads. Oh my goodness! Thank goodness for technology, man. So the only and pizza thing, crust. Yeah. I mean, I guess about the pizza crust. I'm kind of sad about it, yeah. but um the only thing that he has said as a statement the rex Herman, Herman, uh was in tears i did not do this but they got his dna and a cell phone record so dna doesn't lie man you can't fight the dna yeah but we'll see what happens though i mean this is going to be some big news i think because- if they don't have sufficient evidence for all the other murders it's gonna or the you know the bodies they have found it's going to be kind of a letdown for the families and the victims but they're hoping for some type of closure yeah i mean the closure is the biggest biggest thing i think for a lot of humans but at least they found him yeah i can't wait to see how this goes so we'll have to keep our ears and our eyes open my eyes are always open baby <laughs> close them no <laughs> all right guys so this was a super long episode and thank you for sticking around with us we had a good time we um, almost didn't make it we had some technical difficulties along the way uh you guys don't know this but it was, we've been here for two and a half hours it's <laughs> been pretty hairy trying to record this bad boy today stephanie pulled her hair out she's now bald i am now balding um but again thanks for sticking with us and we appreciate all of you and we hope to hear from you if you enjoy the episode or not um again so that's it thanks for tuning in yeah Bye. bye Make sure you follow us on our Instagram account, sisterhood underscore of underscore secrets, and our Facebook page, Sisterhood of Secrets. If you would like to share any of your spooky or unexplained encounters, email us at sisterhoodsecrets1 at gmail. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Bye for real.